You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Zach's season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 326. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. We're going to talk to a very frequent guest that we have on this podcast. That is Kristen Baldwin. She's the TV critic at EW.com. We're going to talk to her about The Bachelor. We're going to talk to her about other shows that we get into, shows that she's seen that maybe she can turn you on to a little bit. There was a SCAD TV Fest event in Atlanta last weekend that she took part of. She was able to, through her colleagues, speak with Zach and ask him a few questions. We go over all of that and then some, and uh, we will get to that momentarily. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So we get, before we get started on the rest of this podcast with the interview with Kristen, a couple things to go over in this open here. Number one, your Reality Steve Daily Roundup has been posted. It's been up for a couple hours now. The Sports Daily is in a separate feed, but that is also up if you want to check that out. Again, I'm going to be throwing and shoving the Coming Out for Love reality dating show down your throat because I really want you guys to watch this. It debuted its first episode on Tuesday. If you missed it, that's okay. Starting this Saturday, they will release, re-release the first episode. You can watch it whenever you want. And then for the next 16 weeks, you're going to get a new episode every Saturday. It is the first all-female dating competition show in the U.S. And if you read the reader emails yesterday, one of the reader emails pretty much summed it up perfectly about why they like the show so much. And I couldn't disagree with any of it. The way to view it is this is a pay-per-view viewing, if you want to call it that, video on demand, whatever it may be. You have to go to the website, comingoutforlove.com. You click watch. And then once you click watch, you have to choose a bundle. doesn't matter which bundle you choose. Most of them give you six months access to their whole video library. A lot of LGBTQ films, short films, movies, all that stuff you can access there. Click watch in the top right-hand corner. Purchase whatever bundle you want. Use the promo code REALITYSTEVE. You get 15% off your order, and you'll all set for the 16-episode season pass. As I said, they are rerunning episode number one this Saturday, and then every Saturday going forward will be a new episode, and it's 16 episodes long. So you sign up for whatever bundle you like. 
you're locked in for the whole 16 episode season pass. Any of you happen to catch The Masked Singer last night? It's a show that I watch on occasion, and it debuted yet another season. I think they're on season nine already. That's crazy to me. That show is just corniness at its highest peak, yet I can't keep my eyes off it at times. Last night, they had three singers. A gnome, a Mustang, and who was the one that got to advance? Can't even remember. Anyway, the gnome and the Mustang got eliminated. The gnome was the first one they sang, and he knew it was somebody who was older. They took the mask off. Take it off. Take it off. And it ended up being Dick Van Dyke. (laughs) 97 years old, Dick Van Dyke. If you were to have asked me before last night, Steve, yes or no, Dick Van Dyke is still alive. I probably would have said no. I, I I thought he was dead. But no, 97 years old, still singing, took his mask off, brought Nicole Scherzinger to tears. Then he sang supercalifragilisticexpialidocious as he was going to commercial break. Signing him off. And then the other one, the Mustang, ended up being Sarah Evans, country singer. So she was on the show as well. She got eliminated. First episode. I don't even understand the rounds anymore. It's just like Nick Nick Cannon was explaining the rounds as well and how they work. I'm just, whatever. There was only three singers last night. I thought there was always at least five to six singers a show. Apparently not. But three singers, two got eliminated. One gets to advance, and that was the one that I can't remember what costume they wore. And then next week, I'm sure it'll be the same thing. Three singers, two get eliminated, one advances. But I think that I think now with the, they have a gong, and the judges are allowed to save somebody that does get eliminated and voted out by the crowd, which I think is the same exact crowd that watches Name That Tune because every time they pan to the crowd, they are trying to sing along, and they can't. They either know every third word or they're totally off on the music that's playing on the screen. Yeah. Anyway, good show, though. <laughs> and the judges' guesses sometimes are, I mean, Ken Jong guessed Meghan Markle last night. Come on. You, you think Meghan Markle is going on Mass Singer? Probably not. But the, the reports last night, or the websites, the entertainment websites that cover the show, basically said they thought that Dick Van Dyke was the most famous person who's ever been on that show. I guess maybe in terms of accomplishments, it's probably right, you know? But he's also been around 97 years. Anyway, check it out if you want to go be entertained for an hour. And one last thing before we get started here. Something I talk about in the Daily Roundup, I'm going to just shorten it here. And that's in regards to misinformation that happens on the Internet, especially when it comes to Bachelor Nation. When reports come that, oh, Chris Harrison is being reached out to by ABC to come back and save the franchise by Radar Online. Just consider the source when you read stories like that. I didn't even think Radar Online was still a website. I thought they shut down. Apparently they're back. Chris Harrison's not coming back to the franchise. That was such a clickbaity headline and... I know a lot of you want to send it to me and give me and want my thoughts. I gave you my thoughts in the in, my thoughts are in the daily roundup. 
and it's very simple. Not a chance in hell. It was it was a clickbait headline to get people talking about something that wasn't even being remotely considered. The guy signed and and the guy signed an NDA and was paid to leave the show. They're not bringing him back. And then the other thing that I brought up was the whole Ducks Moy post from what about a month ago. They're like, oh, oh, look at what we have for this blind item. Some couple's going to announce their divorce fairly soon in Bachelor Nation. Really? It's been a month. Hasn't happened. Could it possibly still happen? I guess. But the way that thing was worded made it seem like it was coming a lot sooner than we're a month removed from that. So just be careful when stories about Bachelor Nation things come out that's tea related. You got to look at the source first. Just Please do that before sending it to me. And then one final thing in regards to the transcription. Sorry, I have one last thing here. I've been talking about transcription and what I'm going to do and if I can transcribe it so people can read the daily roundup because they don't want to listen to podcasts. There's two things going on here that people are saying. They're telling me that there's ways to listen to the podcast through closed captioning, but that's different than actually reading it. Transcription, when I'm talking about transcribing it, is taking what I said on my daily roundup or in this Thursday podcast and having it in written form for anybody who doesn't want to listen, because if they don't want to listen, then clearly they don't care about closed captioning. I'm talking about just transcribing it. Yes. I believe there are ways to have closed captioning on that podcast. If you listen to it through desktop, which very few people do, but there is a way to do it that way. I'm talking more about, the written word of my audio podcasts. And it would only be for the daily roundup and or and or first off, it would start with the Thursday podcast. That would be the one I would do first. And then I would have to determine, do I really want to do five transcriptions extra a week? And I'm just trying to figure out which system could possibly work to where it's not just a jumbled mess and one giant paragraph. And I don't have to do a ton of work once I get sent the transcription. So I will keep you updated on that. This podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You know, I've promoted Green Chef in the past. Well, Green Chef in every plate is now owned by HelloFresh. And with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's something for everybody. That's why I can like switching between the brands. And even though I'm switching between the brands, you, the listeners, can enjoy both brands at the discount with me. You know what the discount for Green Chef is, and I will give you the one for HelloFresh at the end of this one. But remember, we all started New Year's goals. I know I did and promised, you know, you promised you'd stick to them. HelloFresh is here to help you eat better by delivering fresh ingredients and easy recipes right to your door, taking the hassle out of dinner time, you can customize select meals by swapping proteins or sides or even adding protein to a veggie dish. And now you can even upgrade for organic chicken or organic ground beef. You'll only find quality ingredients in HelloFresh's recipes. In fact, ingredients travel from the farm to your home in less than seven days so you know that they are fresh. The best thing about them, very quick and easy to make, 25 to 30 minutes. They send you all the ingredients. I'm not a cook. You know this. I've been telling you this for years the only time I'm cooking something is if it's very, very simple and it's literally laid out step by step exactly what I need to do. And that's what HelloFresh does for me. I love the balsamic tomato and herb chicken over buttery garlic spaghetti. It is so good. You can't you can't beat it. They have so many good options now. And like I said, 
Working with Green Chef, HelloFresh, it gets, gives you more options. So it allows you guys to get discounts on both. Go to HelloFresh.com slash RealitySteve65 and use code RealitySteve65 for 65% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash RealitySteve65. Use code RealitySteve65 for 65% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's get going. Here we are, podcast number 326. All right, here she is. Uh, she's a TV critic at EW.com. We have her on at least twice a year. It is Kristen Baldwin. Kristen, how you doing? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, you guys had something that you need to explain to me recently. Um, you, <laughs> covered, you, scover, you, covered, <laughs> you covered the SCAD TV event. I don't know what that, what does it stand for? What is it? It's uh, the, oh my God, now I have to look it up. You're going to have to cut this out. It's this, uh, oh, okay. It's the Savannah College. It's the Savannah College of Art and Design. They have an annual TV fest, which is essentially, you know, a mini little TV, you know, uh, convention. And uh, it's in Atlanta and different shows and stars come and they have panels and, you know, interviews and things like that. And so EW had a photo and video studio there. And for some reason, uh, Zach was there at SCAD. Uh, I believe he did, I think he and Joe and Serena did like a live podcast recording or something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so he was there. And so he came through our video studio and we had to ask him some burning questions. Okay. So, is this new? I've never seen a bachelor attend the SCAD TV Fest. I mean, I was really surprised when I saw his name on there because, yeah, we've EW has gone for several years, and I don't recall there ever being a bachelor there. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really sure what that was about. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, I think uh, the uh, bachelor podcast uh, – cottage industry is one that you know warner brothers and uh abc are very happy with so i think they're just trying to promote it i'm not really sure so you weren't there you just got to ask him questions no. through a video screen and yeah. whatnot well i i passed the questions along i brainstormed some questions for my colleague maureen who was there okay and uh she she asked them yeah okay so let's talk about zach real quick <laughs> Um, you yeah. know, you didn't get to talk to him personally. I want to, I want to know your thoughts on 
on Zach going into the season versus where we're at now through four episodes? Have your feelings changed at all, either for the good or for the bad? Have you been neutral? Where are you at with him after four episodes? You know what? Uh, I think I like him better than I thought I would. And not, you know, because I went in sort of with the same narrative that everybody had, which was like, oh, you know, the boring bachelor. This is just another sort of cookie cutter white guy, whatever. And, you know, it's not as though we saw a tremendous amount of personality when he was on Gabby and Rachel's season. Um, So I wasn't super excited. But what I do like about him is I do think he's legitimately after four episodes i feel like he's legitimately a good listener and i think he does i think he does uh he seems pretty genuine though i will say like whichever woman is in front of him he seems to like the best so yeah. i'm not i can never really tell who he really but i do think he's genuine when he's telling these women you know uh you know telling them that he appreciates them being there, that he thinks they're really great, whatever. I do. I think he really does believe that. Uh, and I do appreciate that he's just not really messing around with, like if anybody has any kind of suspicion of, you know, quote unquote, being there for the wrong reasons, he just doesn't even deal, you know, he just doesn't want to deal with it. And he just sends them packing, which I kind of appreciate. Yeah. I mean, I've kind of, it's just something we've never seen before. The way right. the way this guy is just cutting women off immediately <laughs> at the first sign of drama. And, yes. you know, I almost feel like, I don't know, it's a little bit of a no-win for him because if he cuts them off right at the first sign of drama, some people might, might be like, well, geez, give them a chance to make up. But then if he keeps right. somebody around who's got drama, people will complain that, ugh, Keeping the drama around, that's what they do yep. just for the TV. Yeah. So it's like he can't win in this situation. But when you look back at five women already, Madison interrupted him too much on night one, gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Christina being outspoken towards Brianna, she's gone. Mm-hmm. Bailey, connection wasn't there anymore, gone. Brianna didn't feel right in that environment anymore, she's gone. Anastasia brings yep. up Instagram, she's gone. Like <laughs> Just no, no shame whatsoever. He just doesn't – now, maybe it's because he already knows in his head, like, look, I pretty much know well, what I want. Well, that's the thing. You know? Yeah, I, you know, I think we all know, generally speaking, that – the bachelor or bachelorette within, you know, the first couple of weeks, they have a pretty good sense of who their like top three are, you know? Yeah. So I think if any of his top three were creating drama, it, we might see him agonize a little bit longer. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I hate to say this for anybody that doesn't finish in the final four of this season, but, or any season, it's like, you got to understand if you're not a main part of the storyline or you're not going to be a character like a like a Corinne or a Shanae where mm-hmm, you're gonna where mm-hmm. you know we know they're not gonna win, but they are going to be entertaining television and you're gonna stick around yeah. for a few reps. Basically, they're you're 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 kind of just filler there and I don't wanna say that you had no point being on the show, but you weren't him sending those women home was basically a quicker way because he wasn't going to get engaged to them at the end of this anyway. And produ- right, producers right. knew that. So this could have been a creative way where they just said, Hey, well, how about this season? Anytime drama's brought up, that person's gone that episode. Maybe that's, maybe that's the route they're going now. The one, but th- I, I, I do think it's his decision. Yeah. You know, I think, I think the producers would probably be fine if he wanted to keep the drama going yeah. a little longer, but I do think, yeah, I mean, I think, 
it may it's what makes him stand out a little bit more because we all know like there's not he is very sort of uh you know a very sort of typical bachelor in every other way yeah i think the one this season that really still has me scratching my head and not because i thought he was going to get engaged to her but everything surrounding christina and the things that i've been sent the things that have not gotten out there publicly it it doesn't seem like that went the way it was supposed to go because this is a woman that got to meet him on the after the final rose of Rachel and Gabby season. She was mm-hmm. one. Of, she was one of the five. The only woman this season, for God knows what reason, got her last name on the cryon all season. We already knew she was Christina Mandrell, and it showed up right. every single time she was on screen. <laughs> she gets yeah. the first one on one of the season, and then the next episode she's gone. Like that doesn't happen on this show. And this is a woman that clearly. I think the audience took to she was entertaining. She is somebody that clearly has a television background with her aunt Mm -hmm. uh, and and her mother. So it's like it seemed like she was set up for at least a long run on the show. And then to get clipped the episode after you got the first one on one of the season Something happened there to where. Well, I I, I mean, I I know you're a little bit more into the like. I'm not going to say conspiracy theories, but like that there's maybe more behind it. But I legitimately think that he heard from Brianna that she made him, that she made her cry, that Christina made her cry and that Christine, or who was it that she made cry? It was, she made charity cry. Right. Like, and yeah. And I think he heard that and he just shut down. I think he was like, Nope, I'm done. And then when he heard from a couple other women that he trusted, including charity that, uh, you know, Christina was rude and made him, made her cry i think he made the decision you know i'm to get rid of her i agree with you on everything else that she was definitely like producers probably thought she was going to be there a long longer time and i'm sure she'll show up on you know paradise um but i do think that like he likes charity a lot and i do think that when you know finding out that even finding out that she made charity cry, I think was, was kind of a bridge too far for him. And that said, I do think Christina was, I don't think she's, you know, I don't think that she was intent. I think she was just kind of insensitive as opposed to like malicious. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I didn't think I, at no point did I think, Oh my God, what a horrible person put it this way. Right. I, I mean, technically in this show's vernacular, she's technically, I guess, labeled a quote unquote villain. We've right. seen way worse villains on the show than anything that Christina did. She's yeah, not absolutely. a horrible person. She's not a horrible mother. We saw what she took to Instagram and showed some of the messages that she got and what people were calling her. It's just yeah, no, it's terrible. It's crazy over something like that, which she didn't even get a bad edit. It was yeah, she's technically you know a villain for the couple episodes that she was on, but villain on this show is it runs the gamut of yes there's way it's quite worse a spectrum yeah, yeah I, I think she just was sort of insensitive and tone deaf and you know but yeah on no level does she deserve any kind of i mean honestly people will find any reason to send you know toxic hateful messages um really people i that's why i don't understand anybody who would want to go on reality television because no matter how you are, come across, I feel like you're still going to be attacked by oh, yeah. like just angry people who uh, hate themselves and want to take it out on other people. But yeah, I, I feel like she's going to you know, come back unless she's 
you know, so scarred by the whole experience, I feel like she'll probably come back on Paradise and, you know, probably get, you know, uh, uh, get to have a nice normal uh, run on the show, one would hope. Yeah, I think that she's uh, she's definitely going to be part of the first group of people down there. She'll 100%. Be, she'll be yeah. original cast, and then it's just a matter. And I think she'll be one of the more popular women down there for yeah. the men. I, I, yeah. I totally see that. I think that, you know, with this with this show, and, you know, we kind of talked about it in the past, and I, I kind of bring it up every time, and people can say what they want, but unfortunately, part of being on this show now is I don't care how you think you present yourself on TV, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you still are at the mercy of an editor who's going to either choose to present you in a great light or choose to do like, you know, any or you know something that happened with Christina or something that happened with Anastasia, something like that, where it's just you're clearly not the worst person in the world, but you're not getting the edit that a, a Gabby or a Katie or a Charity are getting through these first four right. episodes. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So the second that happens, you have to be well aware that there are people out there that are going to say some of the worst, nastiest shit to you over absolutely nothing. We're an edited television show. And it's part of being a cast member. And I don't think people really think about that when they're applying they just look no. at the positive that can come out of this and all the podcasts that they can maybe do and appearances they can do and all this stuff. And, yes, it, it definitely can. Those are positives that come from being on the show. But you have to understand there's yeah. there's negativity. This is the first time in most of these people's lives because most of these people, when the show starts, outside of someone like Christina who had a, was a model for Pink Lily or whatever it is, um, yeah. most of these people, the only people that – follow them on Instagram before they ever go on the show or, you know, family and friends. And right. when they post stuff, everyone's no one's has the balls to say, wow, that was an ugly picture you posted or geez, why don't you fix your eyebrows or something along those yeah. lines. Now, all yeah. it takes is you going on this show and somebody not choosing not to like you because of whatever edit you may got. And you are going to get that. And people just don't understand that anymore. And this it's well, part I, of the signing up I, where, where you're getting into. I agree. I think it happens on every reality show, but I also, you know, my standard disclaimer with you on this is, you know, the editors, you know, certainly you can get a good edit, a bad edit, a, a goofy edit, but the, uh, the, I truly believe, and you may not agree with me on this, that the, I don't believe that, uh, anyone takes a perfectly normal contestant who has normal behavior and, and, turns them into a villain out of whole cloth, you know, just creates something completely fictional. I think the, I, 
you have to provide them with something to work with. So every quote unquote villain, whether it's Christina who was insensitive or Corinne who was like openly antagonistic and funny, you know, they give the editor something to work with. They don't, you know, create uh, a villain out of, of, out of thin air. That said, I am not in any way saying that anybody, no matter how poorly they behave on the TV show deserves to get like, death threats and horrible messages i'm just saying that like it i mean you know you know that i post this every once in a while the the disclaimers that you have to sign uh when you when you sign up for this show they literally you sign away your civil rights it literally says that that they can libel you that they can humiliate you and this is i i believe a standard you know uh disclaimer for any reality contestant like you are signing up to be potentially humiliated uh, in, and embarrassed and misrepresented uh, in all sorts of ways. So I agree with you. I don't think people think that through. I don't know why they don't think that through. Yeah. Um, well, I, I can just, tell you the answer to yeah. that is because what's on the other end is they say, yeah. well, if I can get by that, I have opportunities possibly galore that can get yeah, can yeah. get can get me out of my – you know, receptionist job or gym, you know, being a gym coach or, you know, personal trainer job. Yeah. yeah. That's what I, I, so I get it. I mean, you know, it's also tough maybe for me and you who are, you know, who are older to think back to, you know, when we were 20 in, in that age range, which is basically a bunch mm-hmm. of 23 to 28 year olds for the most part, mm-hmm. the, the, the almost like looking at it with giant eyes of, wow, look what's possibly ahead of me and, yeah. and not yeah. thinking about, well, what's in this contract? Wait, it says they can do what? It says they can do what to me? Nobody's reading yeah, that exactly. contract. You know, exactly. nobody's yeah. reading the fine print where it literally no, says, they, and and you you posted this, and uh, you know, like you just said, you talked about it. Yeah, it literally says they can embarrass you, they can slander you, they can libel you, mm-hmm. they can surprise you, and do whatever mm-hmm. they want, and you have no legal recourse. That's the exactly. other thing that like you yeah. can't do anything about it, and. <laughs> Technically, you're not even allowed to talk about stuff that doesn't air. Now, more and more with podcasts now, we're starting to hear more and more contestants kind of leak stuff out here and there of, well, what you didn't see was this. But technically, they're not supposed to say that. You're only supposed to talk about what happens on air, which is probably 5% of what really, you know, went on. Exactly. So it is a crazy, crazy thing to sign up for this show. But I know... People see the success stories of the contestants before them, and they just get this, you know, all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed about, oh, that that could be me. You know, I could be the next Rachel Lindsay and hosting Extra and, you know, or the next Joe and Serena get my own podcast. You know, you just Mm – that's what they look at, and it is is crazy to think. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I wanted to to bring up Anastasia from last episode because this is another thing that's driving me nuts – the whole Instagram follower, why this, why this is even <laughs> a storyline anymore, because we all know that these women, everybody that goes on this show has an Instagram account and we all yeah. know that it can be capitalized on after the fact. So I, I, I get that Zach is in the lead and he's told us uh, 17,000 times he wants to find his best friend this season, but I it seems like a really weak excuse to send somebody home because Zach has an Instagram account. If he has the ability post show to capitalize on it, he certainly will. 
Um, yeah. I, I just no. don't understand that that train of thinking in this day and age where it's becoming more and more. We've all got an Instagram account, and if we can monetize it, we will. Not to mention, none of what Anastasia said was shown. And it's just like this word, right. of, word of mouth game of telephone, hand, though, you know? She, she didn't deny saying, you know, the, the key issue that, and I'm not saying that this was a reason to send her home, but the key issue was not that she said, you know, I have an Instagram account and I, you know, I work with people, you know, on Instagram. It was that some comment about like, well, everyone who's left will get at least 40,000 followers. And she never denied that. She never denied making that statement, even as Charity and, uh, you know, the other one, Kylie, Kylie yeah. brought it up to her. You know, her rookie mistake was acknowledging the inst the existence of social media at all or that her connection to it, you know, because enough of we've all seen enough uh this happen in, enough times that you you should know that the first rule of fight club is you don't talk about your instagram followers yeah. like this is and i think it's legitimately i think her saying you know look they were asking me about like you know companies or products that i work with and i was i was saying uh I'll, i will connect you so you can you know work with them when we're out of here like I think that's a perfectly fine thing to say. I think that's perfectly, you know, I think she was being friendly. I think she was, you know, I think she was just naive in the fact that she mentioned we're all going to gain followers. It is a fact. It's totally true. There's nothing wrong about what she said, but, you know, she really just wasn't thinking um, about how that was going to be perceived. And also, again, brings us back to the beginning of the conversation, Steve, like she was never going to quote unquote win. Yeah. So like he was like, you know what? I don't want anybody who's, you know, I think it also, they get caught up in the sort of bubble of this experience and just sort of say like, Oh, well, this is not the right place to be talking about Instagram. We are in a, you know, we are in a, sealed hermetically sealed environment where the only thing that matters are you know finding your true love and so any other any other any other you know expressing interest in anything else is is a sign that you're here for the wrong reasons so i mean somebody else in in the comments i think on my recap pointed out like remember when thomas was like uh, i can't even remember what season was it that he was like oh Katie's. you know Katie season. He was like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's possible if I, you know, it could be possible that I might become the bachelor. Like again, factual statement, you know, not like he wasn't bragging, like I'm here to become the bachelor. He was just like, that would be a possibility if I stay here long enough. And that was again, another rookie mistake. Like you never say that that's just, you know, the unwritten rules of, of this, uh, sort of facade is that you don't acknowledge the outside world in some ways. The other thing that you brought up when you mentioned the issue with being in, quote unquote, a her hermetically sealed environment <laughs> is that um, being in that insulated bubble, you can possibly catch COVID, which uh, we'll get to. We we'll get to in a oh, second. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So we'll get to we'll get to next week's episode in a second. However, you on your interview with Zach asked a very mm -hmm. pertinent question, something I think we've all known the answer to. But Zach actually whether he was allowed to or not actually answered it in a way that gave us the clarification that we needed. You asked him yes. basically, Hey, when Kylie came and interrupted you with Anastasia and Anastasia's like, can I get two minutes? And Kylie says, well, no. And then she's like, can I get one minute? No, yeah. no. 
you asked him basically, well, what is the rule here? Why can't you just say, hey, Kylie, go, can you wait for five minutes? I'm not done with Anastasia and tell everyone right. what he said. Yeah. And the, and this isn't just about Zach. It's like every bachelor. We all know that when the women start bickering over, can I steal him? Most bachelors in most cases sit just, you know, like a lump and do nothing and just sort of stew in the awkwardness while the women fight. And so, you know, we said, what is the deal? Like, why don't why don't you intervene to diffuse the situation? Obviously, the women will defer to you in this situation. And what he said, (laughs) I'll just read you his quote because it makes me laugh. He said, when someone steals you and then he paused and he said, I don't know if I can say all of this. And then he says, but I've got to keep my mouth shut and let it happen as much as I can. There are times when I want to speak up, but it's for the environment we're in to have it be handled by the women. So, you know, you and I both know the translation is they told me to not, you know, producer said, let let it play out. Don't intervene because we want we just want to we want the women to figure it out for themselves. So don't step in. Yeah. Um, And, you know fair it's it's their tv show and it makes better tv if if they're if the women are creating some kind of you know awkward or sometimes uh aggressive or you know tense uh conflict and i think this is something like you said this happens every season this isn't just for zach yeah. and we've yeah. seen it for the longest time in any normal situation not on, not being televised on a reality dating show that's been around for 20 years if that happens in a normal environment at a bar, you would just be like, either hang on, I'll get to you in a moment, or mm-hmm. yeah, you know what, I, I'm going to talk to you. You, you. Nobody would just sit there and be like, no, what, you guys figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of funny to and think you, about. Yeah, and he, you could see, you could tell, and he also said this in the interview, like he's, you could tell in that Kylie and Anastasia moment, like he's so uncomfortable. He's like hiding his face. He's he. It's so awkward. He wants to, you know, he wants to be anywhere but there. Um, but he doesn't say anything because, you know, that's kind of the uh, instruction he was given. Um, and I think, you know, I get it. I understand they're making a TV show, and this, you know, that makes for better, you know, that awkward uh, sort of back and forth between them makes for better TV than him politely stepping in and being like, you know, Anastasia, I'll, t- I'll see you tonight at the party and we'll talk then, you know, and walking away. So, yeah. And I think the same thing ha- happened with um, when Taswan walked in on the after party in the first group date of yep. the season. It's the same thing. It's like if that were to happen and a girl who's not even on the show pops in, I think you would kind of just say, hey, I'll get to you in a second. Can I finish up? You would always say, can I finish up this conversation? Unless it's yeah. somebody that you literally don't care about. That right, you're like, right. I don't I don't care if I'm talking to this woman any longer or not. I'm just going <laughs> to talk to the new one that I'm more interested yeah. in. But yeah. any guy in that situation would be like, hey, can you hold off a second? I, I need yeah. to finish this conversation. So, Give me one minute. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so one of the things that I was thinking about with this season was like, what was the you know, overall theme. I guess we didn't have one. You know, in the past we've had the Virgin Bachelor with Colton and then <laughs> we had the farmer bachelor with with Chris Souls and the yeah. single dad bachelor with Jason Mesnick. Well I think we finally got our our our, our what we can call our new bachelor. He's the he's the Zoom bachelor. <laughs> Zach oh. Zach is going to be the Zoom bachelor because, you know, next week he gets COVID and the whole thing is basically shot to hell of what the hell you can do when your lead has COVID. And 
you know, this is obviously spoiler related. It's been out there for uh, a couple weeks now, but um, you have one one-on-one date and then they find out Zach has COVID. I think you and I both as interested TV watchers are just going to see exactly <laughs> how do they navigate this when you have a two, yes. a two hour block on Monday. Clearly we'll get yeah. Gabby's one-on-one date, which we see, we'll see the women arriving in London and, you know, walking the streets or yeah. whatever, but that's a, that's a three minute segment, five minute segment. We get, you know, Gabby's will take probably 15 to 20 minutes. And then here I am at 7.30 Central Time. I'm guessing that's right around the time Gabby's one-on-one is going to end. They're like, what are we going to do for 90 minutes here when he's got no other dates and finding out he's sick? Yeah, find out he gets COVID. Jesse will go tell the women. And then, yeah, we'll probably have maybe some conversation of them sitting around like, wow, what happens next? But yeah, I'm not going to do that for 90 minutes. Like, <laughs> Um, it's, it's, I think curious. we're probably going to end up, I think we'll probably end up seeing way more of Charity's date than we normally would, you know, and, you mean Gab- uh, well, Gab- Gabby's date, but, oh, sorry, Gabby's date uh, yeah. than we would. Yeah. And I do, um, you know, I think there's going to be, I mean, it looks as though there's the zoom. <laughs> I just laugh every time the zoom interview is like where, where Jesse is talking to, to Zach and he's in his suit (laughs) and and Zach's all upset. You know, I'm glad he wasn't, he clearly wasn't like, you know, bedridden. It looked like he, you know, he had a very mild case and I guess Jesse's saying, you know, well, where do we go from here? So I'm sure that whole conversation will drag out a little bit. And then, uh, I mean, but according to what you found out, right, there's, there's a zoom rose ceremony yeah the zoom bachelor here he is yeah we're gonna have it now it looks like that scene of him in his suit sitting there that scene looks to be like the night of the rose ceremony because he doesn't wear a you know you don't wear suits on dates so that has to be the night and you don't wear a suit when you're like homesick with covid yeah (laughs) unless you're like about to do rose ceremony i don't really understand now maybe maybe i'm just thinking about this off the top of my head now maybe they will drag it out a little bit because each girl will come into the room and talk to him like his cocktail party will be not him talking to (laughs) 11 women in a group it'll just be like all right uh gabby you come into the room now and talk talk to zach on zoom and this will be like our cocktail party talk except you can't make out And yeah, I know. Then there, it's a true test because like these people don't ever talk about anything, or at least that we see. I'm sure they actually do have some conversations that are relevant. But like, he's going to actually have to make conversation with some of these women, and then, but then, you know, are how? (laughs) I have so many questions about how the rose ceremony is going to play out. Like, is like Palmer going to walk in with a laptop? Zags on the laptop and then like would would there be you know the roses on the table and and they would come up and you know quote unquote accept from him and then go back i don't know i just have so many questions i cannot wait yeah the production of this is going to be like <laughs> are they all going to be is this going to be a regular rose ceremony where they're all dressed up in their dresses in a separate room and there's going to be roses on the table, but instead of Zach standing there, it's just going to be a laptop that they're looking at. And, and it's just a guy on a screen who's calling out names. And then they walk up and either Jesse hands them the rose or 
they just take the rose and and Zach, when they get up close enough to the computer screen, he says, "Will you accept this rose?" Yes. Yeah, and they and say they thank by. you and blow him a kiss. Yeah, or blow him a kiss I, I, or kiss the screen. Oh. I think yeah, it's gonna be hilarious. I, I can't I, I wait. I can't wait. It's our, it's honestly already my favorite TV moment of the year, and it hasn't even happened yet. <laughs> I know, and it, and it is pretty amazing. You know, I mean, we had it last year where we were told that Logan got it, and they just kicked him off like, "Bye, Logan, yeah. you, got, you got COVID." Um, I have found out that one of the women got COVID this season, uh, at, at, you know, in London. So I, but I don't get the impression that it's someone that got sent home. So now it brings up the issue: well, why was Logan sent home, and this woman got to stick around, or at least got to wait it out until she was yeah. testing positive, and then got to rejoin the show. Uh, I guess we'll find that out in the next couple of episodes of who that was and when it happened. And then the good thing, I guess, for this show and for Zach is it didn't push everything back two weeks. He clearly had a mild case. He clearly was able to because when I look at the when I look at the dates of everything, um, they this was about beginning of October and they were just on track. And the, and the, the, the reason why they know they're on track was because when I saw him get his first one on one. One of his only overseas dates that got spoiled online and I got pictures and video of was his first one-on-one in Estonia, which is the next spot. And that seemed to be in the same time frame as where the show would have been anyway. So it looks like he was only knocked out for, you know, it would have been missed the group date, missed the one-on-one in London, missed um, the rose ceremony. Well, didn't miss it, but the, the day of the rose ceremony would have taped and then one or two travel days. So that's four to five days max, which I guess, you know, when I got COVID, I tested positive for, or I tested positive for COVID for six straight days. And this, so maybe Zach only got five and, or maybe there was an extra day in there and I'm missing on the date. So I'm off a day, but that seems to be normal when people have gotten COVID. It's just a matter of obviously symptoms are different for people. And it looks like he didn't really yeah. have any. Well, and it's interesting. I'm not sure what, you know, were they just waiting like, did they let him go back to filming after five days of isolation, whether or not he was testing positive or not, you know, like I'm not, the, the guidance changes, changes, you know, so, so frequently it's hard to know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think clearly he wasn't that uh, laid out by it, which is good. And um, yeah, I mean, I know they started, like you said, they started late. So um uh, it would be bad if they had to push this <laughs> even later. Let so. me see if I, uh, you know what? Okay. I have the dates here. Uh, when, when filming was going on writing stuff, I have, um, they traveled to the Bahamas on the 6th and the 7th dates with cat was on the October 8th group date was on the 9th. Brooklyn's date was on the 10th rose ceremony was on the 11th. They go to London so I have them filming in London around October 14th, which would have been Gabby's one-on-one. And then looks like 15th, 16th, 17th would have been the dates, rose ceremony. And then Charity was seen on, I have the pictures of his first one-on-one date in Estonia on October 22nd. So okay. if they arrived in London and started filming the first date in London on the 14th, he was ready and filming again on October 22nd. So six days, basically seven, uh, if you count those actual days, so right. yeah, seven days max where he went from, well, no, he filmed the one-on-one date on the 14th. So he basically tested positive right around the 15th. And then the next date 
we know that he was on was on October 22nd because there's video footage of it. So Okay, so that's yeah. seven days. Yeah, yeah so, so seven days. It, it didn't set him back two weeks, and clearly, like we said, he didn't have um, any sort of major symptoms. symptoms. Or, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, the, yeah, the whole thing is going to be really fun. To I just, watch. I can't wait. I really can't wait. It's just so silly, um, you know. And I, I think the show has done. You know, we, we, all, you know. I think they did a really good job during the COVID era of keeping the show going. You know, none of us love the, you know, the one location seasons but like i'd rather have that than have no seasons so it is impressive that they've gone this far without ever having a case you know that that has created a lot of it created a big upheaval obviously logan had it and but that didn't really you know upend things for and we don't really know why (laughs) they just sent him packing rather than letting him stay but um but i think it's impressive that production has really kind of made it this far without um and now out of their bubble uh without uh, having this happen to a lead so you know props to them and props to the uh you know ingenuity uh, the innovation that it sparked to to have the, how they figured out to keep the show going, <laughs> having him show up on Zoom. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty amazing. Now, the SCAD TV Fest also covered a lot of other shows that, mm-hmm. it, like you said, The Bachelor was one of the first ones you ever remember showing up. And same thing for me. I don't remember any Bachelor ever showing up at, at this yeah. event. So one of the other things it covered was, uh, you know, a lot of other shows. And when I have you on, we always talk about other shows. We'll get to Cobra Kai. Don't worry about that. We'll save, that. <laughs> we'll save the best for last. Um, but I can't really say I'm watching too many network shows right now. Hell, I'm not even really watching many <laughs> shows on any of the streaming networks. I just have my mm-hmm. set shows. And yes, I get that there's a lot of great television shows out there, but that's why I bring you on to tell other yeah. people to watch them. Um, the only network show that I picked up on the new season, which I really like, is The Accused. I'm enjoying that. Oh, yeah. I really I enjoyed it, too. Um, and that's, you know, the Fox show. It's a, um, a remake of a British anthology series, and it's like a true anthology, new story, new cast every week. Every and, week, yeah. Uh, some, somebody is accused of a crime, and you sort of see them, you know, either on trial or in jail at the beginning, and then it flashes back to, you know, tell us a complete story within, you know, 45 minutes uh, with commercials of how they got in that position and should they be convicted. And I think it's, you know, it's stressful. Like, yeah. it's definitely, like a, the first episode, the one with Michael Chiklis, uh, where his son is essentially a sociopath and he's worried that his son is going to carry out, you know, some kind of terrible violent act and he's trying to figure out how to handle it. That one really stressed me out. Oh, yeah. But, well, um, especially what good. we've been through, because, I mean, they, yeah, they literally yeah. had for those that didn't see it, you know, sorry, spoiler, it's been out a month. But that first episode, he thought his son was basically going to carry out a school shooting by going through his yeah. diary. And they actually had him in a classroom with a gun oh, with children God. scared. And you're just like, even though this is a television show, like it was yeah. like, wow, I, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> like, yeah, especially with everything really we've dark. been through. I mean, yeah. Um. And then, you know, other episodes um, have different stories. I just watched the one that had Rachel Bilson and Jack Davenport where yeah, that, was a good uh, one. that was a good one where he's, you know, his wife is dying and Rachel Bilson is like the home health aide. And then, of course, 
he falls in love with the home health aide and the son is, uh, you know, thinks that the home health aide played by Rachel Dolson has been like, is like an angel of death and, you know, is, is actually, you know, hastened to the mother's death so that she could marry the dad. And it's like, it's very like, it's a really, there are these very intense, you know, suspenseful little mysteries that, you know, get solved by the end of the episode. So it's, it's a pretty satisfying show. And it's created by the creators of 24, which is my all time yeah. favorite show. So another yeah. reason that I knew I was going to like it and it's yeah. what I signed up for. It. And I really like, I really think it's cool that they have um, a new storyline and a new cast. Every episode we've had Michael Chiklis yeah. in episode one, uh, Rachel Bilson was the third episode last night. Yeah. I haven't watched last night's yet, but it was uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner was. Oh, the that's main a one. good one too. Yeah. Okay, I haven't watched it one. yet. Who was the second? Uh, second episode was. Um... That was Mar. It was directed by Marley Matlin. Oh, the deaf um, one. Yeah, that was a really yeah, good one. Yeah, and the actress uh, was what's her name? Stephanie Nogueras, I believe. Or no, that's yeah. Not her. Oh, okay, and she, um, she. Uh, is a surrogate who um, who is deaf, and then it, it it's a complicated story. I don't want to give it away, but like it was, it, that's a really good one too. All the stories are very different. You know, they're not all like murder. They're not all there. The crimes vary in interesting ways too. And the other one, when I was watching that second episode, the one about the deaf surrogate, within f- two minutes of watching the show, um, it was just racking my brain. I'm like, who is this woman? The one that she was mm-hmm. the surrogate for. And I'm like, who is that? And I realized that was the woman from Blacklist that was on it forever. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Forget Megan her. Boone, yeah. Megan yeah. Boone, yes. Um, yeah. And I gave up on Blacklist after two seasons because I was just so confused on what the hell was going on. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I, 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 for it took me about, I think the first commercial break was when I realized, oh, wait, that's uh, that's the yeah, Blacklist yeah, woman. Yeah, the Blacklist, yeah. So yeah. um, that so that's a and show can, this season. That's a good one. You can catch up on old episodes on Hulu. Yeah, and there were only four. It, epi- yeah. There's only been four episodes, so you're not too yeah. far behind. They're they're one hour episodes with commercials. You're looking at 45 minutes. Really yeah. good, and it's everything is solved by the end of the episode. Yeah. It's almost like satisfying. Murder, murder she wrote. Well, yeah, but in yeah, a courtroom. It's very satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it a lot, and um, yeah, I'm curious to see. I know Whitney Cummings is on a future one, which is kind of surprising because Whitney Cummings is a stand-up comedian who talks about <laughs> vaginas all the time and I'm not it's just like where did she cut where did she I don't, she fit it's into a this wonderful question yeah I, but I, I do not know I haven't seen that one yet yeah and I, I know she does you know I, I as far as I know she hasn't really done serious acting if anything that she's been in has all been comedies and yeah very good stand-up comedian but um maybe she's just branching out and doing uh more more draw more drama stuff um so what else for you, uh, either network TV or streaming shows, have you decided that this is a can't-miss show right now? I mean, another show that I'm really banging the drum for and I hope people watch is Harlem, which is on uh, on Amazon. It, uh, season two just dropped. This is a comedy. I think, you know, the reductive way to uh, that people have sort of described it is like it's the black sex in the city. Um, it's from Tracy Oliver, who did girls trip and it's about four friends who live in Harlem and you know it's about their dating lives their work lives their uh you know their family life uh it stars Megan Good it's got Grace Byers Jerry Johnson and it's just really it's a really smart funny like we actually 
certainly Sex in the City did not create that template of four friends. You know, you had Living Single, you had Golden Girls. But like this is we haven't had a sort of show like this about female friends, grown up female friends, you know, navigating their lives. That's also really funny. We haven't had one in a long time. And this show is actually really funny. Um, Whoopi Goldberg uh, is a guest star. She plays uh, Camille, who is played by uh, Megan Good. She plays her boss. Um, uh, Jasmine Guy is on it, like as uh, one of the characters' mothers. She's incredible. Like, there's some really, really funny um, pop culture satire in it because one of the characters, Angie, is an aspiring actress. Last season, she was cast in Get Out the Musical, which was <laughs> hilarious. And this season, she's like the token black character in a in a Hallmark Christmas film. And the way that they depict Hallmark and the people who work at Hallmark and like they name her character Ebony Jackson Washington. <laughs> <It's so bad. laughs> like it's just really, really funny and really smart. And I just worry that because Amazon likes to cancel everything that doesn't have hobbits in it, that um, they won't give this show another season. So I'm urging everybody to go watch it because it's really funny. Interesting. Um, I Yeah, I've heard of it. Haven't watched it. Uh, I haven't even really got, like I said, into the streaming shows that I know yeah. are out there that people are, are, you know, I never even got into, even though I never even got into White Lotus or all these shows mm -hmm. that are producing the winners of people that win Emmys. I just, mm -hmm. I never watch. Mm -hmm. I watch shows like, not saying The Accused is, is bad because it's certainly very good, yeah. but we all know that by watching the Emmys now, very few people, actors, actresses, supporting actors, supporting actresses come from shows on network TV. It's all the streaming oh, shows. Very few. Yeah. It's all streaming uh, and, you know, some cable. So yeah. yeah um, but there's definitely, uh, there's plenty to watch right now. That is for sure. But yeah. Um, the other thing that I watched recently that I enjoyed was shrinking, which is on um, Apple TV. That's Plus, with uh, that's Harrison the, Ford, right? Harrison Ford and Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel is a therapist who is grieving the loss of his wife and, uh, Harrison Ford is his boss, and uh, it's it's actually it's from the two of the creators or people from Ted Lasso. So it's got kind of it's very you know sort of smart and funny, uh, well written, but uh, like heartwarming too. It's that kind of you know comedy that also like tries to make you cry. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. By the way, speaking of Ted Lasso, we finally got our start date on it. March, I know. March right? 15th. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's, we have not seen Ted Lasso since summer of 21. I mean, this is a year mm -hmm. and a half since like, mm -hmm. like, who do they think they are? The Sopranos with this? Like in a, a year and a half. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that comes yeah. out uh, mid March, March 15th is uh, Ted Lasso will be released. And, um, what about Farmer Wants a Wife? You going to get into that one? <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I uh, I did the post yesterday. We broke the um, first look at the women, the 32 women. And the, the teaser, the trailer they gave us, like the sort of meet the ladies trailer, um, you know, it looks kind of interesting. I you know, Generally speaking, these types of shows that aren't The Bachelor, I don't get into. The only sort of quote-unquote dating show that I watch that isn't, from the bachelor franchise is love island uk um so i don't know i may try it but if it's i guess it depends like what night of the week is it gonna air is it two hours like 
how much, you know, how much ego strength do I have on a given night to put, you know, put up with another one of these shows? It looks kind of interesting. I just don't know. I don't know if I can take it on. Are you going to, are you going to watch it? I'll watch the first episode to see if I want to continue. I mean, that's what I'll give it. Um, Yeah. But are there, are there four bachelors, four farmers on this thing? Correct. There are four farmers and they each, they each have eight women i'm not sure how the women get divided into, oh okay you know and and the women go and live on the farm or allegedly they go and live on the farm and like that's you know sort of where where the dates are and they kind of learn what's life like on the farm and this is you know a very a long-running international franchise that runs in like 35 countries they actually did a version of this back in 2008 on the cw uh, it was like kind of a writer's strike um, Hail Mary at that point, and it didn't last very long because everyone was like, this is ridiculous. But internationally, it's a huge success. Um, so, you know, uh, there's no reason why they shouldn't try it here again. But yeah, it's it's four men and uh, eight women each, and I'm not really clear how they divide them up, but then, you know, I guess they just get narrowed down. I don't know if they, like, in the end, at the end of every episode, if they're all together and they eliminate the women, or if they do, like, four different versions of a rose ceremony. I don't I don't really know, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how the logistics work. Yeah, because last year Fox dove into the reality dating world with Joe Millionaire, and it looks like Clearly, Joe Millionaire wasn't renewed for a season two, but they said, well, let's try this this season. It's almost like Fox is going to try a new dating show every year unless they bring back Farmer Once a Wife. But Joe Millionaire, I thought, was so well done. And we know we know that right after Joe Millionaire was done is when Bachelor decided to do two Bachelorettes. So it was almost like they got their idea from Joe Millionaire. I thought it was really well done. Um, I'm a little biased because I have remained friends with a couple of the women from that season. Mm -hmm. They are super nice. Um, not at all like some of the people from Bachelor Nation. And um, I just, I I thought that that could have been redone because you didn't have to keep the whole, you could have cast. Like those women that when they were cast for Joe Millionaire were not told you're going yeah. on a show called Joe Millionaire. You could have brought it back for season two and not had to worry about that because I don't think that changes anything if you if you say you're casting for Joe Millionaire, you're going to be one of the women on Joe Millionaire yeah. because you know, yeah okay, well, one's going to be rich and one isn't, you know? Um, yeah. So I thought they would go, but clearly they're not going with a, a second season of that, and they decided to go in the farmer wants a wife uh, direction. I'll give it a, I'll give it an episode, maybe maybe two, just to see. Um, usually, and yeah. usually uh, I like to see the contestants to see if I notice them from anything else. Maybe they have been on something else. <laughs> maybe they haven't. Right. That, that's often the case, too, yeah. And you know me, I love my rebooting uh, if there's one thing that i appreciate robert mills has done over the years is just rebooting game shows from the 80s yes. that i absolutely love i'm i'm addicted to name that tune especially celebrity <laughs> name that tune yeah although it is literally the hardest show in the world because you cannot get if you pluralize a word in the title you get it wrong like to know yeah. Yeah. it's it's amazing have you watched it you watch it with jane krakowski and and, I've seen one episode, yeah. Okay, yeah. so basically they just play, you know, they play the songs yeah. and it's it's a band, but in the original, like back in the 80s when I grew up as my parents were watching this, it was always a band and you never had words to a song. This time right. on some of the clues you have a you have singers singing the song and you just have to buzz in which song is it or complete the next line or, or whatever. Right. But you cannot get anything wrong. Like take... Um, 
I'm just thinking of a song. Okay, Beyonce's Single Ladies. That's just a song. Let's say that one of the clues is okay, and then guess this song, and they start playing it. If you say, if you buzz in and say Single Lady, yeah, wrong. Like you, if you play, like if you don't have the exact title, you get right, it if wrong. You say all the single ladies wrong, you or, know, or you yeah, say all like, the single ladies wrong. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and the amazing thing is, you watch this show, and I've watched pretty much every episode because I have it recorded on my DVR. I never watch it live. It's not like appointment yeah. television. This is something I watch usually late Friday nights or whatever. Yeah, it's a good like decompression show. Yeah, the one thing that I have noticed is. 90 to 95% of these songs, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that song. But probably of those 90 to 95% of the songs that I know, I probably know the titles of about 30% of them. Because <laughs> I'm like, that's oh, wait, the that's, the, na- that's yeah. the name of that song? I didn't even know that was the yeah. name. But it's like, oh, I yeah, think, I could sing the chorus. I, think <laughs> I could sing. That's the beauty of the game, right? You yeah. know, Because like you don't realize, you think you know a song, but you you just know how to hum it or whatever. You don't actually know what it's called. Yeah. yeah. And not even hum it. Like I could literally sing the whole chorus, but I don't yeah. know the title of the song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, here's something that you, I guarantee I, you missed cause you've only watched one episode. I'm sure it's not the one that I'm going to bring up right now, but so they, they did cele- recently they've had celebrity ones where it's just famous people that go on to, yeah. to compete and the money goes to charity. So it's not yeah. like this is some serious, you know, head to head stuff where right, you, right. it's just for fun. So the two people on it were Elizabeth Berkeley, Jesse Spano from yeah. Save by the Bell and one of the women from Salt and Peppa. I can't remember if it was Salt or Peppa, but um, so they're competing. And then Elizabeth ended up winning and getting to the final round where you have to do seven songs in 30 seconds. And I'm literally sitting okay. at home and I'm like, OK, you've got Jesse Spano having to guess seven songs in 30 seconds where you just play the music. This is where it's no lyrics. They just play this. Yeah. They just play the music. I was like, if they don't take advantage of this and have, I'm so excited as one of these seven songs, <laughs> this is a total missed opportunity and Absolutely. bullshit. And they didn't, yeah. it wasn't one of her seven. And I'm like, uh, they didn't even have it in earlier in the game where she had to guess that was the song. And I'm like, come on people. This is, this is Jesse Spano. We, if there's, she went back and did the whole. Remember when Jimmy Fallon did the whole "Saved by the Bell" yes. skit? Yeah, she has no problem talking and making fun yeah, of that. Exactly. So I wonder how do you not play I do, that? I wonder. I mean, I do wonder how they, like, what the range is in terms of like song. What songs are too expensive? Not that I feel like oh, they have to get the rights is, to it. You know, is necessarily. Um, uh, you know, super expensive, but but you never know like what these songs are in terms of how expensive they are. But yeah, I wonder, I do wonder what the, like if they have a budget and they're like, yeah. oh, we blew the budget on this Michael Jackson song. So we're not going to, you know, everything else is going to have to be public domain or really cheap. I just, um, I just remember growing up in the eighties when I watched it and it was on and my parents would watch it. Of course I knew none of the songs because right. it was songs from the sixties and seventies. So now yeah. in 2023, I love it because it's all songs. I mean, they they'll go back. They'll go to like, um, you know, the seventies. But it's, I mean, if they play a song from the seventies, it's a really popular one. Like, yeah, play that funky yeah. music, white boy, or something yeah. like that. Like, it's right. something YMCA that you know. Or something, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, they did YMCA a couple a couple episodes ago. It's like, yeah, you're knowing it right off the bat, and right. it's a lot of more recent songs too, nineties, two thousands, or whatever. So, I enjoy the hell out of that show. Although I do think. I feel bad for Randy Jackson because he's not 
well right now. I don't think. I think he's might be sick with something. Oh really? He doesn't Does look he good. Look, he doesn't I mean, look good at all. Um, um. So we're gonna end with Cobra Kai, oh, of course. Of now, course. Um. By the way, did you buy your Cobra Kai companion book like I have, like I showed you? <laughs> I did not. I did not. <laughs> you I'll haven't gone honest. to Amazon and purchased it for fourteen ninety nine yet. I have. I have not. I, okay. I'm a, a ne'er do well fan. You, yes. need, you need to go do that. Um. Mm-hmm. We don't know when they started. I'm. A, I'm assuming they've started filming that, right? I would think so, um, though, I, you know, I just don't know. I feel like we would have, the fans are so crazy at this point that I feel like somebody would have, you know, found, seen somebody, something and posted a picture and, you know, like, but yeah, I, um, I would imagine if they haven't started, they have to start soon because, you know, there, if even if they started like last week, it's going to be hard for them to get it finished in time to premiere this year. You know, like even if they do twelve thirty one, you know. So yeah, uh, which is what they did for the first first four seasons were always yeah. released on New Year's Eve. Yes, and then last season they went and decided for whatever reason we're going to do it second week the weekend after Labor Day because right yeah because I was in Vegas. And watched three episodes there, and then came back and watched the rest. So I know I always I always get those texts from you saying, "Do you know when it's coming?" Because I have to plan my yeah, viewing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so yeah, I'm like, and and I I would think because they're very open on social media about it. The three, the three heads of it: yeah. Josh, yeah. Hayden, I forget the other guy's name. John. John. Yeah. I would think they would put something out there like you know day one of shooting, like they would do something yeah. like that. I, totally. I, and I haven't seen so that. I'm a little worried that they haven't started. And so yeah. if they haven't started, like, are we waiting till 2024? Because I don't like that at all. Like, I will wait till January 1, 2024, but I don't want to wait beyond that. And I worry that if they don't get started soon, we may have to, you know, we may be waiting beyond that. And the interesting thing is they've, they have announced that this is their last season. And but it doesn't look like this is the end of the Cobra Kai franchise. No, they could easily do a spinoff of it's going to be curious to see, well, who's going to get the spinoff show? Is it going to be yeah. Sam? Is it going to be Tori? Is it going to be Hawk? Is I mean, I don't know. Um, and what does a spinoff mean? It's almost like if they do a spinoff. Are you never going to include Ralph? You're never going to include William? I it's almost like it's still going to be Cobra Kai, maybe just not called Cobra Kai, because I can't imagine if you did any sort of spinoff of one of the kids, you wouldn't include Ralph or William in any of them. Right. You know, so then right. it's still the show. Like, I, I just. I mean, I think obviously, uh, you know, that 90s show uh, front loaded um, their first episode with all the all the characters from that 70s show making a return. And now it you know seems pretty clear that most of the main 70s show characters aren't really going to appear anymore. So it could be something like that oh, okay. where, where there's like a pilot and, you know, heavy presence of one of the adults. Um, but who knows? I mean, I, I hope they come up with something. You know, I just a little unexpected and interesting. Um, you know, obviously, I think they're really good at at this creating this universe and expanding it. So, um, 
you know, I had joked before that I wanted, this was before he had his growth spurt, but like when he was just that chubby kid who played video games all day, I wanted an Anthony spinoff because <laughs> he was just like, he was such a little brat and I just thought it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, I feel like they could, there's so many, you know, what if they did a, you know, Big Red, Little Red spinoff, you know, <laughs> like the, I don't know, there are just so many interesting characters there. Um uh, so I, I, I'm interested to see, uh, what they do. Yeah. I, I can't wait. Um, I don't, I don't write the show obviously, but they need to listen to my idea. And I don't even think this would be something that's crazy. They've kind of hinted at it towards the end of season five. I think knowing that season six is the final season, I think it is a given that you have to have chosen and, um, uh, what is I know Tamala Tamita is her real name. What is she on the oh, show? Oh, um, blanking. Um, Kumiko. Kumiko. Oh, Chosen yeah. and Kumiko have to either get married or end up together at the 100%, end of season six. Like yeah. they've already they they better not like the fact that they gave us that phone call and it was so sweet. If they don't give us like some uh, Chosen and Kumiko endgame, I will be real angry about that. Hell, I thought. I mean, the fact that we thought Chosen was dead in season five. I know. That was literally oh. one of the worst things that ever I ever seen on television. I was like, if they kill him here, I, I mean, am I going to out. riot. I got faked out multiple times. I thought, you know, Crease uh, was dead. I thought Chosen was dead. Like, I, I definitely fell for it. Um, and it d- with Chosen especially, because it really looked like, and that could have been, like, it wouldn't have been crazy to to have had him his character die there yeah. um, in in that heroic fashion. So. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, we want to see him with Kumiko. We want to see that unrequited love fulfilled. I just I just think that, I mean, people have asked me what I thought, you know, what's the best season of Cobra Kai? And I said, I think it's five. I think I think they've gotten better. And, and, yeah. and maybe five for me because it had the iconic moment of the three villains from the three movies uh, of Johnny Barnes and Chosen teaming up together like to me that the, the nostalgia factor surrounding that yeah, um yeah was so and then going up against <laughs> terry silver like it was so iconic for me that to me season five was great and then someone who watched season five was like dude this story down in mexico is boring the hell out of me and then i think about it <laughs> it really never went anywhere did it we like i did i miss something because the second they came back from mexico it was never brought up again really it was almost like they yeah, just needed was, to kill time it, for three episodes with. It was interesting, like why, you know, he never met his dad, right? Or well, we, no, we met his dad. Remember, his dad was the the he was. Remember, he saved the little boy. Oh, that's the, right. That's right. Yeah, we met his dad, and, and it seemed like his dad was this great guy, and then it became pretty clear that his dad was a criminal, and that everything his mom had said about his dad and him being, you know, somebody that he shouldn't be around was true. And uh, so we kind of needed, I think the purpose was like Miguel needed to like know for himself, he needed closure about his own father. And that was what we got or what he got. And, um, you know, that allowed Johnny to then, you know, officially step in as the, as the sort of official surrogate father, um, and which he's now going to do, you know, marrying Carmen and with the baby. Um, but yeah, it's um, it definitely was weird. Like I was like, oh, okay, you're, this is going to take a long time. We're going to like really see him in Mexico, and yeah, it felt very, <laughs> it felt very like 
afterthoughty in a way. Yeah, I I feel like it was only three episodes and they kind yeah. of rushed yeah. it, and it was yeah. after that it was like, oh, okay, they're we're done now. But yeah, Mexico, there was like now we've closed that chapter. The we never have to mention the dad again. Yeah. But I I was I mean as much as I love the fact that they brought Mike fucking Barnes back on the show. <laughs> Um, I was a little disappointed. We only got him in. I think it was two episodes. Yeah, I I really hope they bring him back. Like I feel as though, you know, there's got the three of them together were so funny um, oh, yeah. for them. You know, like I just I think it would be really great to have them all together again. Yeah. Um, is he still is he still doing? He's not still doing Bold and the Beautiful, is he? I think he is. Is he still on? He's still a soap opera actor. I didn't realize that. I, I, I think he is, but I don't quote me on that. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think he is maybe. Yeah. Okay. Like well, God bless, you know, get out there and get all that work. Yeah. I mean, he's, he I mean, if you like, look at his IMDB, yeah. I, I want to say it's between, cause he was on another one and then both, but you, you add up his episodes in soap operas for Sean Kanan. I want to say it's over 600. Like he's, Oh yeah. He's, he's, he's a legit, soap opera vet yeah. um which and is, you know <laughs> which is crazy but you know nobody works harder than those soap opera stars so um that's that's a tough uh a tough line of work do soap operas i, I mean i don't watch them i know about them and i know the names of them with all my children and bold and the beautiful and general hospital do they ever run repeats or are they like no no so it's so it's on every day 260 shows a year um, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah, they're, you, it's incredible. And they, you know, the writers have to crank out so much and the actors are just, I mean, it's, it's truly astounding. I mean, obviously the, the number of soaps are, I think it's like fewer than five at this point. Um, it's like Bold and Beautiful, um, you know, Days of Our Lives is now on Peacock, General Hospital, um, I'm not sure. Young and the Restless. All my Maybe children. There's, is all my children still thing? I think that's done. Oh, okay. I think that went off the air. So I feel like it's four. I could be wrong, but um, yeah, 260 shows a year. God, that's, I did I, my. I mean, I, that's I that's a hundred shows that there's hundred days that they're not. Oh wait, they don't air on Saturdays and Sundays. So yeah, it's every right. Monday through Friday, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. I did my uh, graduate school thesis on soap operas. So. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, I uh, I interviewed, I had a lengthy interview with Agnes Nixon, who is, you know, the queen of modern soap opera. She created All My Children and One Life to Live and all that. Um, so, but yeah, it's it, it was, you know, especially seeing what it was in the 80, 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, such a huge industry and, you know, how small it is today. But it's still, it's, you know, they're still cranking them out. So, uh, God bless. That is amazing. I mean, sometimes, you know, you get... With, with serialized television shows, you're like, wow, you know, HBO Max just put out a new show, 13 episodes. It's like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> they don't have any idea. Yeah, yeah they congratulations. Don't. You worked for a few weeks. Like, yeah. It's child's play. Yeah. I mean, I remember, yeah. you know, when I did my interviews with the um, with one of the writers for Beverly Hills 90210, their college years were 32 episode seasons. Yeah. And that was yeah. such a big deal back then. It and was there's, huge. There's no show that you're a full season of a show now is what? 
Uh, even network show. What is a network, a network television show? A network show, like an NCIS, it's still like 22 episodes. 22. But mm-hmm. there are plenty of shows that now do half seasons. Like they'll do 13 episodes of, say, like Big Sky on ABC. And then the yeah. second half of the that season will be a different drama, like Alaska Daily or whatever. Um, so there are there are some shows, but I think in order to you have to be a really successful show in order to, um, you know, get a 22 episode order. And so those are the stalwarts like your NCISs or your Chicago fires or whatever. Um, but a lot of shows, even on broadcast now are, they've sort of divided the season up into two chunks. And so you get 13, 13, 12, 12, that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm trying to think like, was Beverly Hills 90210 when they were producing 32 episodes a season? Was that the la- was that the last show to do that many on network TV? It probably was. I- yeah, the, I I remember interviewing. Um, I think it wasn't Darren Starr. It was um, maybe it was Darren Starr. It was about um, uh, Melrose Place, and they were doing the same thing. Like they were doing like 30 episodes a season, and they would sometimes have to do shoot two episodes in the same week. You know, like simultaneously. So yeah, it was like hardcore they were cranking those episodes out and now uh that's very rare and then obviously for me my favorite show of all time 24 was 24 episodes a season and they decided at one point because they were doing starting in september and ending during may sweeps but clearly that's more than 24 weeks so towards the end of their run they said you know what we don't want to have any breaks we're going to start it first monday in january and we're going to run it straight through because mm-hmm. it's such a serialized show where you don't mm-hmm. want to have too much of a break and people forgetting what happened the previous week. And I right, thought that right. was genius. I can't remember what season that started, but they would just run it 24 weeks in a row. No, and, and it's smart because it's like you don't want to break up the momentum. So, yeah. And so, uh, someone else, uh, I think This Is Us, did that for their last season. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's it, uh, it makes sense. Um, it just means, you know, you have to have something – that people that want you to can wait fill for. that other time with, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's um, yeah. Television certainly changed from when we were when we were watching <laughs> it back in the That's late '90s, true. early 2000s. Yeah. So, Kristen, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Can't wait to watch our Zoom Bachelor in action on Monday night. <laughs> It's going to be awesome. Be <laughs> I will, we will be texting. I'm I want sure. one of these women to kiss the screen after she goes oh, up God. and accepts a rose. Please tell me. What if they, they kiss they, what, what if they kiss Jesse? Or they kiss Jesse like, instead. Be, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's going to be amazing. All right. Thank you so much, Kristen. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Kristen Baldwin, for coming on. Uh, always a fun guest. Love talking TV with her. Uh, listen to her all of her recommendations. She's got a really good taste in TV being a – obviously a TV critic. I I would suggest watching The Accused because it's not a serialized show. There's only been four episodes so far. You can easily get caught up. I really like it. It's on Fox. It airs on Tuesday nights. And you can go check it out on Hulu. Different episode every week. Different cast every week. Different case every week. Really cool stuff. I enjoyed it a lot. You've had Michael Chiklis appear. You've had Rachel Bilson appear. You've had Malcolm Jamal Warner appear. Megan Boone from Blacklist has been in one of the episodes. Really good stuff. So I really like it. Go check it out if you'd like. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. My daily roundup was posted earlier this morning. The Sports Daily was posted earlier this morning. You can check that out. And, of course, we'll have both of those coming uh, tomorrow as well. 
So thank you all for tuning in. Next week, our guest, Jessica Clark, the host of Coming Out for Love, which you can watch by going to that website, signing up. And the first episode was released on Tuesday. It's being re-released this Saturday. And then you can check it out. They're going to release one episode a week for the next 16 weeks. It's the first all-female dating competition show in the U.S. I've already gotten some responses from you that have watched the first episode and really liked it. Check out reader emails yesterday. Someone broke down all the things that they liked about it. And frankly, I couldn't disagree with any of it. It was spot on about why I liked the show. So go check that out. Type in my promo code reality Steve for 15% off uh, because you have to purchase this show. It gets you six months of access to all the programming on that website, but it will cover the whole season because the season's going to take about four months to air. Starting on Saturday, they're going to replay episode one, and then every Saturday you get a new episode, watch it whenever you want. So thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it, and I will talk to you tomorrow. See you!